Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Building Influence, we explore the intersection between location and branding and how advertising strategies have changed for the internet age. Today's guests are John Nelson and Ebony Mackey. They are the founders of Play Hard, Look Dope, which was started in 2017. Specializing in natural gemstone jewelry, Play Hard, Look Dope has curated a following of locals and international tourists alike, all who enjoy the exquisite creations made with dopeness. John and Ebony, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. So we are the founders and creators of our lifestyle jewelry and apparel brand, Play Hard, Look Dope. And we are located in New York City. Yeah. And we have curated a nice following across many social media platforms as well as our website and our store over the past almost five years now. five years we've been yeah. around for five years now yeah all right well you know today we want to talk about branding and brand building and how you've built an amazing marketing powerhouse but i want to first uh have you tell our listeners about your business and how you got started so we started about five years ago. We had a small, we were in a small pop-up shop in uh, Herald Square, right across from Macy's. We had a single table, maybe six foot long. Yeah. And the name of the company was different at that point. It was called Made It. And then one day we just decided that's it. Made It's done. I pull a sign off the wall. Ebony comes in. She's like, what are you doing? I said, that's it. Change the name. It's now called Play Hard, Look Dope. Yeah. She's like, that is a terrible name. I hate it. I hated, <laughs> I hated the name for a long time. But he that was the first marketing you guys did. That was, that was the it. first was marketing. And like, how did you even come up with that ridiculous name? Yeah. He explained to me the concept and how we have a lifestyle of being involved in nightlife in New York City. We like to go out to clubs, lounges, bars. So that's kind of the play hard aspect of it. And John is very into clothing, fashion and jewelry fashion. So looking dope was the other half of it. So after he explained that concept, we kind of just took, took it from there and had to incorporate our lifestyle and our passion for fashion and having fun into jewelry design. And our personality. And our personality, of course, yeah. Now, usually uh, when you change a name, there's there's like this brainstorm sessions, usually there's focus groups, (laughs) (laughs) a bit more more collaboration. doesn't sound like any of that. that None of that happened. It was just tear the sign off the wall. In the middle of the day. (laughs) (laughs) So did you change your product assortment as well, or was it the same? And what were you selling then and and versus what you're selling now? Yeah, so I... I we were selling a lot more, if I could say, costume yes. jewelry. Very and it was women's, women's. Yeah, all it was all women's. A lot more costume jewelry. And um, at the time when we changed the name, we started to incorporate more unisex and masculine uh, pieces to kind of grab the attention of men locally first we were just going we were just going for the guy in manhattan who was going out to to a lounge to have a cocktail after work that kind of vibe so yeah the the product did change very quickly after the name change 
And that sounds like peacocking a little there. Uh, the guys <laughs> in Manhattan putting on fancy, uh, you know, something to make someone notice you and want to be seen and help you start uh, to dialogues in the bars and clubs and stuff, right? That's I think that was called peacocking at one point. Well, or something. well you know, actually, yeah. the funny thing is, is that both you, you say at one hand you wanted to build and design clubware, but I remember not too long ago where the trend uh, with it, with the jewelry and the, the natural stones on the wrist were a thing. And I'd see, I'd look on CNBC and you'd see hedge fund guys with, you know, with rolled up sleeves and this, like, I would say, you know, four inches of, of jewelry on their wrists along with their protect or their whatever um, to just show them, show everyone that, you know, both you can play hard work hard and look dope at the oh, same totally. time. Totally. Yeah. There was a lot of that also in TV shows like Billions for one. Exactly. Like, exactly. There was a lot of, you know, wags. Yeah. Totally. Wags. Really what's, what, what's wags? That was, his, that was a character's name in Billions, wags. Um, <laughs> is the it's interesting because uh, when you mentioned that you wanted to uh, take your your style uh, that you had and 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 portray that into mm-hmm. jewelry and I guess fashion, it, it made me think that you know when you think about a designer in clothing, you always think about that this is their vision, this is what they would wear, this is what they want to look. I, I never really thought about a jewelry. I was thinking a jewelry is more like you're getting a, a ring or an anniversary gift or a watch with diamonds. It never it never really I thought of it as as a manifestation again of your your view of uh, of yeah. life and society and how you want to be seen and portrayed but it is just as influential that way as clothing isn't it it's totally. definitely influential and it, let yeah. me ask you something jamie do you actually wear any bracelets i used to wear uh, a bracelet occasionally now and then but right now i only wear a watch mm-hmm. yes why is that uh i'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just, you know what it, you know what it is? I enjoyed it for a while. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm with a woman that likes men who have some jewelry on it, I'll wear some jewelry. If I'm with a woman that kind of likes a guy who's more just, you know, just to watch, it doesn't really matter to me. I never really used a jewelry that way, uh, to, to make a statement. Right. Except when I was younger, when I was growing up in Brazil and I was wearing the, the, the skateboard or the razor blade necklace, you know, you're really trying to make a statement. But I, I haven't done that. But I can see the, 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 the attractiveness and the pleasure of doing so. Well, you know what they say, if uh, for men, if it wasn't for women, we'd just walk around naked. <laughs> I mean, I heard that. Fat. I actually, actually heard that thing. I yeah. was doing that this morning. Uh, there, well, there, well, well, there, well, there you have it. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, most most marketers would say the first thing that you do is think about who your customer is before you start marketing, so you can be more targeted. And you know, when you think about women in jewelry, it, it's a kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense, right? It's just perfect. You know, that if you're going to constantly have business, um, you're going to have constantly have business during certain seasons, uh, gift giving season and all of that stuff. But for men, it's a little different, right? And it's not, I don't know if there's a gift giving season for men necessarily, um, or we, what are the types of jewelry, uh, that men buy versus not, and how often, like how much do you think about that for the men's part of your business? Great question. So interestingly, with women, you kind of just, you can sort of sit and wait for them to come to your business, whether it is shoes, clothing, jewelry, makeup, women will shop and they will find you. For men, you have to go out and find the 
customer that you want. So we didn't have a lot of time to sit and wait and see what type of man purchased our jewelry. We had to market to the person that we wanted to shop our jewelry. Like, hey, you look like somebody that would like this. We would do that in our store. Yeah. And just to be clear, you're differentiating between a man buying jewelry for a woman and now a man, you're convinced. It's almost like you, you, your marketing strategy is to convince a guy that it's cool and okay and, and fun to wear the jewelry himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, exactly So we get a lot of guys that come into the store. We have a store in the Westchester Mall, 4,000 square feet. And it being that it's in a mall, sometimes people are killing time. So they may have an appointment at Apple. They come into our store and we frequently get a guy saying, you know what? I can't pull this off. This is not me. Yeah. Or we then think we get a guy and we can convert him. We're like, dude, you can pull it off. You know, you have a yeah. nice watch, throw a bracelet on there. There's a lot of convincing that happens. There's a lot of education that happens when you are trying to sell something to men in fashion. I, I mean, clothing is easy. You know, you have to have clothing. Um, shoes, you get your shoes to go with clothing. But jewelry is usually the last thing that people think about. And even further than jewelry is fragrance. So we're right there at the end of your shopping experience. So for men purchasing jewelry for their wives, girlfriends, daughters, you know, sisters, that's very easy. They think I just have to get something special, but you have to, we had to figure out a way to tell the guy that he is special also, and you can pull this jewelry off. You can accessorize your watch, your, your cufflinks, your, your suit jacket. Well, let me ask you this. When TV started to expand into many channels, you were able to then isolate more and more target audiences, a cooking show, a gardening show, a sports event. Um, how has, I would imagine that for your, for your project to get men and women to want to look dope and buy the, buy the jewelry, not because it's a, a wedding or an anniversary, because it makes you feel good and you like the way you look and, and it gives you a feeling, a, a, a hipness or whatever it is that that, that brings you pleasure. Has this new era of social media allowed you to be able to be more targeted towards those audiences you're looking for? Absolutely. Um, especially with a lot of the video platforms, um, TikTok, especially, and Instagram, where you have the male influencer now, kind of in the last five years, a lot of influencers have been male, a lot of um, males from all sizes as well. There's plus size, there's fit models, all of that. And they have to accessorize their look that they're getting from brands with clothing. So they're getting sent a lot of clothing. They're not getting sent a lot of jewelry. So we, we sort of stepped into that a little bit um, previously, and we would send jewelry to influencers that they would then market to their following. Swag. Swag, swag bag, a nice Total. swag bag. Total. Yeah. So it has, it has actually helped us target because then we could look at their following and see who their following is. And then we could market to that sort of demographic as well within that influencer platform. So that's how it has helped us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that a little bit because I'd love to hear some of the tactics um, that, that have worked for you in your business. Before I do, I, I thought it was very interesting in the sense that how you've thought about your market. And there was an old business parable. I think it, it might not have it might not have aged quite well, but it's a it's a parable about a Japanese sneaker company. And um, they sent two uh, salespeople to Africa to um, to to figure out if they want to if they can in a market to sell their sell their shoes. And one salesperson came back and said, you know, sir. Um, there's no market for us um, because no one wears shoes. Uh, 
and then the other salesperson said, um, uh, boss, there's a huge market there because no one. I love shoots. that. Oh my God. I love that. Saying. Glass half full. Right. And so there, there's a really interesting place that you guys are positioning your business in, in jewelry and, um, and accessories for men that perhaps is a white space that other people aren't thinking about you leaning in could be amazing. So that's awesome. What, are the things or some of the things that you've you've tried in the marketplace to attract both men and women to your brand that are that are unique and creative? Well, that's my department. And I think <laughs> what we did from the very beginning was focus heavily on pushing the personality of the brand. Um, because I felt like if we pushed products, it's going to target women naturally because women consume a lot of product. So I felt like if we try to push the personality of the brand, meaning have a great time in life in general, have fun, be a good person and express yourself through your clothing and your jewelry, then that would kind of, you know, spread out to the male audience as well, because we would be at sporting events and we would be at bars and lounges and just things I think that, and things Mm -hmm. that guys like, there's a few things that are staples within our brand that um, we just keep continuing to make sure that we do. Um, And for instance, anytime we're out, I always share what kind of drink John likes to have, which is Tito's club soda, soda. slice of orange. Um, A lot of guys can relate to that. We've actually had a lot of um, guys send us messages or whatever. Oh, I switched my drink because like John looks so cool. And like, I just wanted to try a new drink at a, at a bar. So I tried what he was having. So if that can happen, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to, sh- I'm always going to showcase John with our best jewelry on and, and show his apparel. and our apparel and show our lifestyle. And what has happened is I want to, I want to, I want to live like that. I want to be like that guy. Alex, you're you're an expert in this whole field of marketing. Uh, that seems to ring true that marketing and advertising, it's not about the product. It's about how you feel, who you think you are when you're using the product, right? It, exactly. I mean, I think uh, you know, one of the funny things or, or classic things in this particular instance is that, John, like you're the spokesperson, it sounds like. I mean, you, you know, there, there was a there was the most interesting man in the oh, world. And there this you is are. the most dope man in the world. The most, the most dope man in the world. I don't they always wear clothes, but when I do, <laughs> I look dope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those Dos there, exactly. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. So, but you know, I, but I, what I find to be interesting is I, you know, your your clothing is is very fashion forward. I mean, when I think about when you say, you know, men in bars, I'm thinking like sports bars, but I, your clothing is more like a bar in Tulum or something than it is a bar yeah. in Brooklyn. I don't know. I mean, where, where, where do you, where do you draw the line? I and mean, is it, is it people that are going to bars in Brooklyn and then that but want to be in a bar in Tulum and then they, they aspire uh, for that look that you're bringing them? Or is it, what, what, or is it a mixture of both? What is it that you're, you're doing? What's your, what's your secret? Well, we only introduced apparel uh, about a year ago. And when we brought it in, our focus was quality. So it had to be fine fabric. So we use organic cotton, which is so incredibly soft. And everyone who buys it says, this is my softest shirt. Yes. So we started with that. And then Ebony thought it would be brilliant 
to design a graphic t-shirt. So now we have a graphic t-shirt with uh, high definition printing. So it's got raised letters on it. Yes. So she used one t-shirt, for example, as a picture of me holding up my middle finger with a bunch of rings on it saying, mm-hmm. and it says dope shit. <laughs> she designed the second one with her crossing 42nd street. And what does it say on it? Wait, so I can, I can kind of speak to your question when John mentioned uh, someone liking quality. If, if you're, it depends on what type of lifestyle that you want. That's where, that's how you're going to find our product. We have a higher price point for our product, but we're in the middle between the ultra luxury brands. So if you would like a quality night out, wherever you are, you're probably going to go to a little bit more of an upscale lounge or bar. So I think to answer that question, when you see our price point for our apparel, you're you're not going to want to probably wear it out to a dive bar. Something might get spilled on it. All of that stuff kind of plays into effect when thinking of purchasing something a little bit more high end or a middle price point. So I think that's the customer that we're going after. When they see it on our website and they see the price point, they're thinking, oh, okay, I'll wear that for this night because I'm going to go to this nicer kind of ambiance experience and all, and all that makes total sense i mean it, it, it doesn't matter how good your advertising and marketing is if a you're not positioned properly or b your product is lousy you're not going to get very far but let's stay on that i stay on that topic about how you've used social media and how the new age of advertising and marketing has helped your business especially a cutting edge dope you know high-end you know kind of a kind of a real cutting edge look what other things have you done with social media or with the tools that are available now that we haven't had in the past to help push your brand uh, i think there was something about a cooking show or something yeah. oh yeah yeah um so tiktok has been a really big help in advertising and i like to call it subtle advertising um because what i've decided to do in any video that we post we just load piles of jewelry on us and in the beginning when we first started tiktok I would follow the trends, follow the trending sound, but we always wore, I mean, 10 to 15 bracelets. And so everybody would be like, oh, I love this trend, but what? where are those bracelets from? Where are those bracelets from? And then I would send them to our website through the comments. So it was a very good visual way to see how the jewelry looked in 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 motion, as opposed to just seeing it on a white background on a website. And um, since then, we've started a cooking show, which has gotten came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Um, it has gotten a lot of attention every time. I need to explain. Neither one of us cook. Yeah. And one night, Evan's like, "I want to learn how to cook." Right. So I just went on live TikTok, which is a great advertisement. It's a great advertisement. Um, went on live TikTok, and I was making pasta, and I had all of my jewelry on and my apparel, and I just said, "Hey guys, I'm home making pasta. I don't know how to make it. What do I do?" And I got a lot of instruction. And then at the same time, a lot of, I like, I, I, somebody said, I never thought to wear jewelry while, while I was home. I just never thought to look that lavish while being home. And I'm like, of course you can, you can, you can do, you can wear jewelry whenever you want. I'm in a tux right now. Yeah. Right. Right. It makes, you know, it makes you feel good. So that the cooking show that started back in February, we we started out getting 10,000 viewers and now we're at about 70,000 each week, each, uh, each week. And so how do you, what information can you use or do they give you? So, you know, if you're a reaching the target audience, B reaching a big enough audience and C, is it translating into any business? 
it has translated into great business. Um, what we normally, the information that we get from them, I always say, whenever you come into our live, tell us where you're watching from state country region continent anything i always say that and then you get you get floods of people arkansas what dc miami australia i mean namibia so you i know now that the customer is international and the potential of the customer is international and you're e-commerce too so you can you can buy the products online and then get yes ship. is namibia whether how do you get products to namibia well we do ship internationally yeah we have not shipped there but we, have, <laughs> we, have not, we have not shipped there but there's a lot of duties involved and we always do have to explain that there's a lot of duties involved but um we always offer a discount code during our lives to the website for the viewers of the live which right is that is all exclusive to, to the top viewers and only for the duration of us being live it disappears when we're off. Do you know there used to be a saying, as of this early social media days, that the two things, especially the three things that get the most views are uh, babies, uh, animals, and food and recipes. Yes. And so if you manage to find your way to advertise or put your brand message somewhere in between those three things, you, you're golden. And a lot of that's still, a lot of that's still true. I mean, I, a lot of, uh, gerbil and cat videos have found their way into my my dm slid up there oh, yeah. i don't know how i do that happen um but uh but gerbil? the cooking thing is interesting right i mean i most recently i've been focused on a lot of guys in the wilderness cutting steaks uh and oh yes oh fan. my gosh you know, oh, that that reminds me one of our clients is the tarzan guy yeah well, I mean, it sounds like you guys you should be making some steaks this this Monday. I don't know. I'm just just saying. But so, but how, how does this the, the food thing translate? Because I'm thinking to myself, all right, all right. One minute I'm selling, um, you know, jewelry. At the oh, same time, I'm also getting advertising from Grey Poupon or yeah. uh, Omaha Steaks. Or I mean, you've got a whole branding opportunity that goes beyond just yeah and that actually you said it earlier about selling a personality it's not only it's it's looking dope it's living dope right yeah yeah so that's i i keep telling him we need a dog and then we're gonna have all of the things we're gonna have the videos of the pet the food the lifestyle but we'll, we'll hold off you'll make dog collar jewelry dog collar, yeah dog collar jewelry that's what i was thinking um yeah so i mean it's interesting because now we've gotten a demand of our viewers asking us to make aprons while we're cooking. And that was something that obviously we never thought of when we started the business in 2017, that we would be starting to hopefully go into production of making aprons to sell during our life. Cooking creates a lot of, you know, I think positive controversy in terms of starting engagement. And when you're a brand, one of the biggest things that you need in order to get sales is engagement. You need people engaged with your brand all the time. It doesn't have to be your product all the time, but they need to be engaged with your brand. Um, and that's something that I've learned over the last three years, how to keep people engaged with the brand. And what we've decided to do is be the face of the brand. Most brands their product is the brand and they reach out to all of these famous people to talk about the brand. That they would hire models. They hire, models. Right. So, and they, they don't really care about 
the brand. They're just getting paid. So what we've decided to do is just to be the face of the of our brand that we genuinely care about. Like, I mean, more than anything. And that has translated to people always wanting to be engaged with the brand. So that's very important. So what the cooking does, I mean, if you think about cooking all around the world, it brings people together. You, you Breaking to, bread. Yeah. You go to a restaurant, you want to be with your friends, your loved ones, meet new people. So people meet people on our lives. We've met people from that. And in that people start saying, well, what do you do? They ask us, they're like, you don't just cook at home for TikTok. What do you really do? And that's when we are able to, we've got them watching for an hour and now we're able to explain what we do. And they've already kind of fallen in love with you in that hour. Yeah. So they're like, let me show some support. A lot of companies really want to create lifestyle brands. And it sounds like you have done that where brands want to be in more places, more of the time for more people and have deeper connection and deeper relevance and deeper value. And you sounds like you're doing that. And then what's what's interesting about what you're saying is that you're putting your face as founders in front of consumers in a very engaging uh, and very exciting way of which most brands don't, right? And I, I very rarely do you see the founder get up and talk about how they love the product. I mean, you used to. I mean, it seems like that was a thing, you know, you saw Richard Branson. Um, by the way, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. picking all these guys that you look like. Elon Musk. <laughs> so, right. So, Richard Branson love you know loves music, loves all that kinds of stuff, and he's in and you love him, so you go to his products. So, uh, but there really aren't as much Richard Bransons today. I mean, you mentioned Elon Musk, but you know he's not he's not jumping out of a balloon, you know, and and living the life that you want to live. I mean, he sleeps on the factory floor for Christ's sake. I mean, I, I, I if. You, if you want to work that hard, that's great. But most people don't, right? Most people want to actually party and have a good time and enjoy life. Yeah. So, but, and make a billion dollars at the same time. <laughs> don't get me wrong. His money is very interesting. So, <laughs> totally. but I mean, it's about the lifestyle. And I think, you know, I, I was looking and obviously I've, you know, I've been around from New York. I've lived a bunch of places. So I know what dope means. And I, it's funny, I, the Miriam Webster has dope in the dictionary. It means there. I mean, everyone now knows what dope is. You know that? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's mainstream, bro. Well, interestingly enough, when people walk by our store for the first time, they will look up and see the sign. They'll be, and they would say it out loud, play hard, look dope. Yeah. And they get a chuckle, brings a smile to their face. And we love to bring smiles to people's faces. They buy the product. They love it. They walk out smiling and they're happy. It's great. Well, there's no doubt if you're, if you're putting out of this image um, of a really uh, a cool lifestyle, and you're selling lifestyle and you guys have a cool life and you are cool that's a great combination you know when i listen to you talk about the cooking channel it reminds me about hard sell versus soft sell oh. and what i think what, what social media has allowed us to do is allowed you to soft sell it allows you to interact with a potential customer without having to do anything regarding the sale of the product right. the cooking has nothing to do with how you're making your real money but you've engaged them now you become personable to now you're not just an entity you're actually someone in their lives they can reach out and feel or hear and see and that makes it a lot easier i think then to bring them into the cell would you say that that's been a big part of your selling strategy that's a great point and to that point we're not looking for a quick buck we're not looking for a quick sale we want somebody to come in, buy something, and then they will be a repeat customer all the time. We get people on the lives 
that will have placed their 20th order, their fifth order, their sixth order. We say, just give us a chance because you're going to come back. Yeah. And Wall Street, I used to call that long-term greed. Don't worry about selling this one deal. Worry about building a relationship with your customer where there's mutual trust and then you'll have a customer for life. What's next, right? I mean, obviously you guys have jumped on TikTok. Um, TikTok is still relatively fresh and and getting better, but there are other mediums that are popped up. You know, there was um, an audio thing, Clubhouse, that was big for a hot minute. Uh, yeah, and now yeah. there's a big bet on, on meta and the metaverse and what that looks like. What's next for your business and where do you think you want to focus on to make the most impact and become more culturally relevant more than you are already? So I believe what's next for us, I what I would like to see for the brand is for us to expand as close to TV as possible because TV is the massive, massive platform. And in terms of TV, that, that could mean anything from um, having our jewelry on TV shows or um, even for us, we've started our YouTube channel back up again. And I think now that we have this really engaged audience, I think letting them know more about us through channels that are similar to TV, how they watch shows and, you know, other celebrities that they interact with. I think for us, that's where we want to go with that. And once we've gotten our brand, our baby to a point where, you know, she can kind of walk on her own, then it'll be about us pushing the lifestyle so much more. And portraying exactly what we want to portray in this world through our own ideas, through our own words, and through our own actions. There's a big risk when you make yourself the face of the brand. And I understand why massive companies, I mean, fashion houses, you know, Gucci, Balenciaga, I mean, Versace, Donatella is very out there, but there, it's there's a big risk because you need thick skin. <laughs> yeah, because they're, 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 people will not only critique your product, they will critique you. So, well, not only that, if you, the product could walk out the door. If you're, if uh, John and Ebony, you guys are the product. If you decided, if somebody hired you to go and leave dope to go someplace else, now dope, dope is you. Exactly. Yeah, it is us. So it's a, it's a big risk and it's a very, it's a long term project i i don't i don't call it a career or a job i think it's a project because you're always working on it it's a lifestyle it's a long-term it's a it's a it's a thing that we are in until the wheels fall off so what's next for us could absolutely be anything we're not ones to turn down any opportunity so if what do people tell us all the time people say you need a reality you need show. a reality show um i mean if you think about some of the best business empires from TV and from a long-term engagement with their viewer, like the Kardashians. So they have people that will just buy anything that they put out because you, you watch them for 18 years and you feel like you know them and there's so many of them. So people watching us and knowing the real us, not to say that I'm just going to put out anything for you to, to buy, but that goes a long way. Well, I will tell you that uh, having met you both, you are very cool people and you have done such a tremendous job of, of not only creating a brand, but creating a lifestyle that is enjoyable, that people want to mimic, and that leads to great product that can be used as accessories in leading that lifestyle.
Uh, so I'm sure anything you do going forward is going to be terrific. And I do think a reality show would be great. I'm a little hurt you didn't mention the dog collar at the end, which I thought was a great idea, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. We'll get, you, you, you'll, you'll be mentioned if we come out with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you guys so much for coming on. Could just remind us again, what is the easiest way to get in touch with you, to find the store, to find you online? Our website is playhardlookdope.com. That is where all of our product lives. But more importantly, our store is in the Westchester Mall, and that is where the entire collection lives. That is in White Plains, New York, yep. in the Westchester Mall that I said, and for the bulk of our lifestyle and fun trends, you can find us on TikTok at Play Hard Look Dope and on YouTube, Play Hard Look Dope, John and Ebony. Nice. And we provide the best customer, the service, best customer service in the industry. You're talking to John when you are talking to someone about your order. If anything needs to be repaired, we have somebody that you can communicate with that way. We provide outstanding customer nice, service. Nice plug. So look, it was a pleasure having you on. I hope um, everyone and our listeners learned a little bit about how to make their brands more influential in the digital world. Uh, I certainly did. And I can't wait to uh, <laughs> you know get some product. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, yeah. to looking dope. Uh, you have to get you some product, both of you guys. No, now I got to come up to the Westchester Mall and 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 take a look around and uh, let follow your advice on what I should be wearing and what looks good on me. So thank you again, guys, for coming on, and uh, we wish you all the best. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of you soon. Thank you for Thanks, having us. Thank you. You've been listening to the Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.